Welcome to Bucks Insider Live presented by Ticketmaster. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. And it's here. The regular season of football oh, is here. I'm glad you told me. Yeah, you, you would have forgotten otherwise, <laughs> I'm sure. You haven't been writing Missed about it flight. or thinking about it at all. But tonight, football is back. It's not the Bucks, but it's back. And this Sunday, Bucks football is back. I'm so excited. And I just feel like there's been so many interesting things about this team and this roster after a couple years of where it was stayed very the same kept the gang together yes that it was for us sometimes even hard of like well everybody already knows all these people you know, coming <laughs> up with some of these storylines and now there's so many interesting individuals and position groups and things to talk about one that i think is so interesting is the outside linebacker group there are so many stories there both from a roster as a whole standpoint of how many we kept and how deep it is to individual guys like Shaq Barrett. So I'd love to hear just for you some of the overall thoughts about that position group and now that we have the final 53, what we know about them. Well, yeah, I don't think we've, because of the hurricane, we, we haven't had a show since the roster cut down to 53, mm -hmm. right? And one of the most interesting things about the way that roster was constructed is that they kept six outside linebackers, which I don't know if that sounds like a lot to you, but historically going back since Todd Bowles has been here, that's the most we've ever had on the roster at one time. Most of the times we've kept four. And on game day, you usually have the two starters, a third guy that rotates in a lot, and a fourth guy that gets a little bit of snaps, like Cam Gill. But six just indicates how much talent, they weren't kidding all during August when they said, we've just got so much talent that this position is gonna be hard to cut down. Mm -hmm. And you don't wanna let good pass rushers leave the building. Right. That's why you keep a guy who was a tryout player in May, like Marquise Watts, on the active roster because you don't want to subject him to waivers. Like, let's say maybe we can try to put him on the practice squad. We can't risk it because we don't want to lose this guy. Yeah. And so there's a lot of talent there. And if you look at last year, by the end of last year, due to injuries to Carl Nassib, who, by the way, just apparently announced yes. his retirement. Very happy for him. And um, Coach Bowles said some nice, thing, nice things about him yesterday. And Shaq Barrett, those injuries, by the end of last year, for about three weeks in a row, Joe Tryon, Shainka, and Anthony Nelson were playing every snap. Every snap, which is wild. I mean, literally. Position, yeah. Like, yeah, that never happens in that position. Yeah. So I don't think they wanted to be in that situation again. You get Shaq back from injury. You get Cam Gill back from injury. You draft Yaya Diaby and Jose Ramirez, who's on the practice squad. You find Marquise Watts, and you re-sign Anthony Nelson, and all of a sudden you got a lot of depth there. And the idea is... Like last year, I think you know, Vita Vea led this def the defense in sacks with 6.5. Mm -hmm. And that's great for Vita, and he's a Pro Bowl player, but you don't, normally don't want your nose tackle to be your leading sack guy. Right. So they want more pressure from the edges. If you could get that, you might have like one of the best pass rushes we can remember mm -hmm. because you already got the great push inside and you drafted Kalaja Kansi in the first round. But over the last four years, the Bucks have already been really good in sacks. I mean, if you look at this, these are the top six because there's a tie there i should have put 5t at the bottom but there's a tie there for the last two spots four of the top six sack seasons in team history are the last four years wow see 19 20 21 and 22 wow. on there right yeah so you know it's already good and that's partially because todd bowles is a very aggressive play caller and you use a lot of blitzes and so on but still your, your pressure has been pretty good already but now you talk about possibly combining vita who you see there with you know, a robust edge rush where you can rotate guys in throughout the game, depending on how many you keep active. And uh, it could be something special. Yeah, I think this will be really interesting to see. And I think this first game could be an interesting test for them. I mean, the Vikings tackles are, you know, pretty decent typically. Christian Derisaw's good. Yeah. yeah. And also knowing how much they want to be able to throw the ball deep downfield. If you, you're wanting to give Justin Jefferson time, you're wanting to let those plays develop that mm -hmm. hopefully that means Kirk Cousins trying to hold on to it a bit and yeah. these guys are going to be able to, to try to tee off a bit and try to make him uncomfortable. Their um, sack sacks allowed numbers were basically middle of the pack last year but I don't know if you watched that quarterback series on mm -hmm. Netflix 
Kirk Cousins was one of them, Ooh, obviously. Took it some beatings. Feels like most of his story is about how beat up he was <laughs> and how many times he got hit all year. So I don't know. Maybe there's some opportunity. There. Yeah. Um, so all right. Also, <laughs> I know that one area we want to talk about is the run defense in particular and, and versus Minnesota. It's easy to talk about Jeff, Justin Jefferson and some of their passing attacks and everything. But now they've lost Dalvin Cook. It's going to look very different for them and so what are some of the things that you feel like this team is going to have to do to focus on outside of some of that passing attack? Just yesterday um, our defenders I think Antoine Winfield was talking about how stopping the run is their number one priority and everybody's been talking all m last month about how they really need to get back to where this defense was from 19, 2019 to 21 when over that period I think they finished first first and third in the league in run defense last year it slipped to the middle of the pack Middle of the pack isn't the end of the world, but it's not what we're known mm -hmm. for here. Yep. They want to get back to that, and so you you want to get off to a nice start. And yeah, the Vikings don't have Dalvin Cook anymore, but as anybody who plays fantasy football knows, every time Dalvin Cook has missed a game in the last four or five years, Alexander Madison has stepped right in and been really good, really productive. And if you look at this, he's made six starts. All those were because Dalvin Cook was hurt. Look at his averages in wow. those six starts. I mean, that's pretty good. 115.5 yards from scrimmage and basically a touchdown every every game. He's got five and six games. Also catches the ball about four times a game. This is a very productive player. So when you talk about the Bucks wanting to get up to, off to a good start in terms of run defense, you talk about can they slow down Alexander Madison. And Antoine Winfield is someone uh -huh. I'm excited to watch in this game that, A, we know he gets to be back to focusing on safety this year oh. and not having to also do the slot. But then, of course, also back grew to his up, hometown. Yeah, back to his hometown. Grew up a Vikings fan. <laughs> Dad played for them. Like, guys will say every game is the same and whatever, but, like, you know there's there's maybe a little extra juice there. And he he has never played yet back in Minnesota because we haven't been there since 2017. But in his rookie year, we beat the Vikings here in Tampa, and he had a really good game, like 12 tackles yeah. and a sack and Again, a force fumble. So, yeah, maybe there's a little something there. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. All right, and then, of course, one of the other things that I think everyone is excited to watch in this game is this new-look offensive line. That this it really is, is. a very new look, which is crazy, that even some of the guys that are not new to the team but – to basically have Hainsey be the only guy that is starting where he was starting last year, and that was not the plan that last wasn't year the plan. or this yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. So um, tell me what your thoughts are about this group and, and what you're going to be looking for. On well, I mean, day. here you see it. I mean, Tristan Wirfs moves to the other side and replaces Donovan Smith. Matt Filer was one of the few really big time free agent acquisitions that we did during the offseason, and Cody Mock, Mauk. Yep. was a second round draft pick. Uh, we made too many of those jokes about mock drafts. It screwed <laughs> us up. We got we to gotta come back to that. Mock drafts. And then Luke Gedeke started last year at left guard, but he's now playing in his college position of right tackle. And I think there's a lot of optimism about this. So one thing that uh, the coaches like about this lineup is that a lot of these guys really are a good fit for the type of run scheme that uh, uh, Dave Canales is mm -hmm. bringing in. So especially like Mauk and, and Gedeke, just really good at movement skills when you may be trying to do some mid and wide zone and you're doing lateral movement. And uh, so I think they're excited about it. I don't think anybody's the least bit concerned about Tristan Wirfs handling left tackle. I, 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 would. I don't think there's a position on the team I wouldn't be happy with him playing. <laughs> that guy just somehow, I'm yeah. like, he'll figure it out. Quarterback, DB, it. safety, whatever. Well, he said also that this playing in the, you know, they didn't play a lot of their starters the first two games. Playing in that third preseason game and getting some actual snaps in a live game at left tackle was kind of like basically the last step for him. He's like, okay, yeah, I got this. I've done it. He admitted there was a little bit of jitters because he mm -hmm. hadn't done it before, but then he didn't like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm a left tackle now. So. Love that. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of optimism about these guys, but it is absolutely fair 
to say, well, this we don't know yet, mm -hmm. right? So that's going to be one of probably the main storylines of the first three or four weeks of the season. Is this line working out the way that we think it will? And the good news is, even if maybe it isn't quite as solid, maybe especially just right early on, takes some time to grow, you do have a quarterback that can move around right. a bit. Yeah. That with Brady, it was like you knew he wanted to be able to sit there in that pocket. Yeah, or get rid of the ball. Or get rid of the ball quickly. Mm -hmm. And now the idea that Baker can be on the move a little bit, he feels like that's something that's good in his game. That's something Canales has even schemed up a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that will help the offensive line a little bit of knowing it's not like if you've given up this spot, that's it. We're done. It helps, but then it's also another challenge because mm -hmm. let's say you're the left tackle and um, you know B Baker Mayfield takes off, which Tom Brady basically never did, which doesn't matter. Yeah. He was still the goat. But now you got to worry. Like now you got to figure out where the guy is and where, in which way you got to block. So, but that's not unusual. Most right. teams have guys that move around a little bit. But not only will the Bucks be doing. A, a planned movement with bootlegs and so on with their quarterbacks, but Dave Canales has said basically 2.7 seconds is when they want to get the ball off by, and if you haven't thrown it by then, you need to have a clock in your head, and if you haven't thrown it by then, you probably need to move. Yep. You know, get outside and either scramble or, or buy time and do, you know, scramble drills. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch <clears> the new Canales <throat> offense. We know they don't pull out all the stops in preseason, so there this was just be... Yeah, they just... It was very vanilla the first two games, and then the third game they they cracked open that playbook just a yeah, little bit, little bit. And, and it was cool to hear Baker talk about that. He's like, because in that third game, he had one drive. He only threw one pass in the first drive. It was a three and out. Second drive was a great drive, six for six and, and touchdown. And then he came out, and Kyle Trask got his first drive, and it was an awesome 94-yard touchdown drive with a, lot, a good mix of plays. And Baker was like, it was really cool to see Dave get in a groove play mm, calling. That's so, great. Um, you know, it's his first time yeah. play calling. So it is cool to see that happen, and it's cool to see what this offense could be. Yeah, that's going to be fun. All right, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Bucks Insider Live. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back here next week to talk about that first game against Minnesota.